Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. Welcome into the Nod Pod. This is the No Off Days Podcast. Chris Cato to my left. BK in the booth. I am Scott Smith. Did you have a good Easter, Mr. Cato? We're coming off of the High Holy Day. Yes, I'm still having a great Easter. Yeah, you're uh, still rocking it? Yeah, I'm is still it? dipping into the kids' Easter basket ah. and finding loose jelly beans, which, okay. you know, are truly are you, one. Are you a big jelly bean guy? Well, you know, once a year, and this is the year. I save up all year my calories to consume as many of those delicious little morsels as I can. The only Easter candy that I'm a fan of is the uh Reese's eggs, mm. but so uh, good. I I don't uh, like the Cadbury egg. Are you a Cadbury egg guy? You know I like them. Uh, I like the caramel Cadbury egg. Have okay. you had that? No, I I've I've sworn off Cadbury eggs long ago. Maybe you should try the caramel. Yeah. It, it doesn't have the same goop in the middle. It has um caramel goop. <laughs> it's. It's actually a little goopier than the regular egg filling. I don't know. Is that a one-biter or is that is that two-biters? Well, they come in different sizes, okay. but if you get the little ones, it's a one-biter. All right. And I recommend the little ones. Less messy. So in addition to, uh, to Easter, of course, this, this last weekend, big day on the sports calendar. I mean, the Rays continue to roll red hot as we tape this, still unbeaten. Uh, we had the Masters, which played out. We'll, we'll talk about both these uh, because there's – some big headlines coming out of both these topics. Yeah. And uh, and then, of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs. They get going next week. Man. What? Yeah. It's time for that already? And we, you know, we've had this debate, and we could bring BK. And BK, why don't you join us for this? Because we, we have been talking about best playoff. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I'm a big fan of how the NCAA basketball tournament is, uh, how that goes down, um, I, I like the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, and that's your point, BK. You, you say the, the Stanley Cup playoffs – best playoff in sports uh i think so i think the uh, i mean there's no denying the excitement of a game seven i mean you kind of saw it in the uh, ncaa championship this past weekend here in tampa where you know once it got to overtime you know next goal that's it yeah and it's uh just i i think at that moment's exciting yeah well it is the longest playoff you know it's two months where I think NBA is like about a month and a half. Baseball and football are both a month long. So for it to be uh, two months long and to still have a captive audience and actually the, the action gets better, yeah. it says a lot. So the, Yeah, the intensity yeah. is you can't compare we're anything just, to it. We're just keeping our fingers crossed around here because the way the Lightning are playing right now, you just wonder how long this run's going to last. Yeah. I mean, it's they have the, the savvy playoff experience and they have the ability to turn it on, uh, but – Man, this the last month of this season has just kind of shaken a little bit of confidence with this team, but I, they can restore it quickly. I know yeah. this. You know Vasilevsky is going to get back to his postseason form, and you never count this team out, right? Yep, absolutely. All right, BK, what do we got on the show today? Uh, coming up on the show today, we're going to check in with Shaq Barrett. Mm. Shaquille Barrett coming yes. off uh, a torn Achilles tendon. Yeah, nasty injury. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how he's doing with his recovery process and just get his overall thoughts on the offseason so far. We are all over the sports map today. We, we got, got it all covered. We did. What's the worst injury you guys ever had? I haven't had really any terrible sports-related injuries. You know, I had a couple of concussions, probably in football. We didn't really 
keep track of that yeah, then? That wasn't a thing. Concussion yeah. was invented in uh, 2000, I think, 15. Yeah, That's so they didn't exa- exist when I played. No. BK, what about you? Uh, ones I'm willing to mention on air is a, uh, <laughs> a snap the hamstring playing church league softball. Ooh. That was pretty bad. Snapped it. How yeah. do you snap a hamstring? So how did they, did they have to get in there and it like wasn't really, suture it? When I say what? snap, that's like revisionist history. Okay. It okay. kind of probably It was, a, it was a hamstring it. tear. It was a pull. Now you actually, now my football injury playing days were like, you know, Pop Warner and, and Pee Wee yeah. and Junior High. You actually played like D2 football. I bet you had some good uh, meniscus tears probably, maybe uh, a shoulder. I had an, M- I had an MCL tear. Uh, it was a grade two, so it wasn't full. I didn't have to have surgery on it. But that, it's still, I mean, I, when it gets too cold, that's why I moved to Florida. So my knee never gets too cold. Yeah, I've seen and you. it starts yeah. aching again. Uh, but yeah, and then I've had a couple ankle deals, but. Um, I, I mean, speaking of hamstrings, I remember in college I had pulled both of my hamstrings at the same time. Like one was healing and the other one I tore it. And uh, they were like the back of my my hams were, were black and blue. You should have stretched the, more. The training staff does this technique they call the bow. Have you ever heard of this? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they called it. It was They would just dig their elbow into your hamstring with their full body weight and the other trainers would push on top of the other trainer they'd get as much weight in there and then they would work it around Mm. inside your muscle is this standard it was i don't know if it was standard i don't know if a lot of the things that our training staff did was standard protocol but (laughs) yeah it was the most painful thing ever Mm. i mean bring a grown man to tears so uh Mm. yeah that sounds like that should be punishment for the person who doesn't you know for a pitch clock violation, yeah. you, you have to get uh, the training staff to put their bow into your hamstring. Yeah. We'll see how today's show goes. I might, I might give you the bow by the end of this one. <laughs> All right, very good. Looking forward to talking to Shaq. Um, and then at the end of the show, BK. In a show, I uh, thought we'd do a little serial thing. No, I'm <laughs> Oh. Uh, <laughs> kicking off a new tournament? Yeah, we kicked off <laughs> the NIT of the serials. Wow, beautiful. Uh, got uh, movie titles. Some of these movie titles, I don't know if you know about this, when they go to foreign countries, the titles don't exactly translate really? well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I got a handful of these movie titles I stumbled across and see how they tr- translate to different countries okay. and see. So you're going to give us the what they call it in the other country. Yeah. And, and kind of, you know, I mean, there's no some of these you won't guess, but, you know, just get your. Yeah. See what you like think it. of the translation. Like so okay. Kind of quite odd. That could be entertaining. Right. Yeah. Very good. All right. We'll catch up with you guys in a second. Well, if you are listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com slash nodpod. If you're watching and you want to listen or subscribe, take out your phone, zap that QR code on the screen in the bottom right-hand corner, and it'll take you to all of our shows, where the, all the shows, they're in mid-season form right now. A few playoff caliber. Many would actually be considered exhibition play, but, uh, you know, we're trying to have fun here. Please subscribe, fox13news.com slash Nod pod. Uh, you know, we saw exhibition play out of the Rays, and it was, you know, they, they had a decent spring training. And then the regular season gets here, and, man, this team has just taken off. Uh, as we tape this, they are 10-0. and 0. You know we're jinxing them by saying this. But. Don't worry. They're not listening. <laughs> trust me. The fact that this team is uh, – I mean, they're, they're four games ahead of the next best team in the AL East right now. Uh, I don't think there's another American League team that has um, fewer than four losses. Uh, but every aspect of their game is on, man. It, it, they're power hitting, you know, hitting for average, pitching staff, for starting, the, the bullpen, um, defense. I mean, everything about this team that could possibly go well has gone well. And it, it's, I, you know, you know it can't last forever, but uh, the way they're playing right now, it's just, 
It's in a, it's a full complemented team effort. We and we saw spells last year where you'd have all these guys that have a ton of talent, you know, Brandon Lau or Wanda Franco or Randy Rosarena, and they're all slumping at the same time. Right. So we understand what that looks like. But now that everybody's red hot at the same time, man, look out. It's fun. Uh, you know, one thing has carried over from the spring that we noticed, and that's Springs. No one can touch Jeffrey Springs. I, I mean, this guy, his stuff is just nasty. He's throwing, you know, not – he's throwing in the lower 90s, but it looks faster because it's got such late movement. No one's catching up to it. But we knew the pitching would be there. That's the Rays' blueprint. But but it's the offense, and we all grumbled during the offseason, oh, they didn't go out and sign any big bats. Well, they had the bats there. Yeah, as you said, they were kind of slumping last year yeah. at the same time. And it's been now the caveat is, and what the national media is pointing out is that yes, you're 10 and 0, but your first nine games have been against the three worst teams in baseball. But they're still major league teams, and they're beat the Rays are beating them in dominant fashion. They're going out and taking care of business. And even the Nationals took one from the Braves. The Tigers took one or two from, two the, from, Astro, the, Astros, from yeah. the Astros. So yeah. Again, yeah, these are major league clubs that they're beating. Yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder kind of what the secret sauce is with this organization because, I mean, you, you could look at player development, um, you know, the diversity of the skill set that all the players have. I mean, nobody plays just one position or, you know, very few guys uh, play just one position. Uh, obviously, they, they have perfected the opener role from their rotation. Uh, even player, player acquisition, I mean, obviously they're looking for certain skill sets, but Man, if, if not a lot of these guys have a certain kind of uh, intangible factor, like like a motivation, right? Like they mm -hmm. sign a guy that they know wants and has to prove something. And they come here, they develop him, they give him an opportunity. It, it's not a high-pressure situation. It's not high leverage. It's not like you just signed a you know $100 million deal with the Yankees. You're coming in here to Tampa Bay. And there's just a certain mindset that the clubhouse has, and I think it starts from the top down, man. I think the way that the – they acquire talent and what we understand is the Rays way of doing things from from the GM and player acquisition on down. I think that everybody kind of buys into that and they, they play the role of, hey, we're going to do things our way. And when we had Peter Bendix on the GM of the Rays a couple of weeks ago, he was talking about, you know, if we try to compete with teams in the way that they get players, we're not going to win that game. You know, right. we can't go out there and spend what the Mets or the Yankees or the Dodgers are spending. I mean, it's crazy. This team started out. I think their I think their payrolls at seventy three million. Yeah. Okay, which is like third or fourth lowest in Major League Baseball. It is one fifth of what the Mets have spent. What's the Mets' record to this day? I know it's it's super early, small sample size, uh, but you know I think they're six and five. Right. So, I think no. I think that the one thing you could say long term is. They have a great roster. You know, they're playing hot right now. Maybe they finish the regular season with 100 wins. But it, but are they a World Series team? And, and I think sometimes you need those premier players. And that's where having, you know, dumped a bunch of money into your payroll, that's where it seems to pay dividends. Right. And we saw that a few years back when they faced the Dodgers in the World Series, mm -hmm. where that team was just loaded with talent and you just couldn't – I mean – there wasn't enough hot streaks to get through that yeah. series. And so maybe it's a, a longer-term play with some of these other teams, but uh, the recipe is working. 
I'll tell you that. It's tasty, too. We like it. Oh, yeah. I know it must infuriate other MLB owners, too, that probably yeah. are looking and saying, what did we, we just spent $300 million for this team? The Rays did that with 70, <laughs> and they're at 10 and up. No okay. one does more with yeah, less. Right. I think, too, the, the rule changes have helped. The Rays, as you pointed out, have already been very adept at, at playing a different game and finding different ways to beat people. I think the rule changes have helped, too, uh, with, with the stolen bases. You know, the base paths being six inches shorter, that makes a big difference for a guy like a Rosarena who got thrown out quite a few times last year in close plays. Uh they're hustling out. They're out hustling uh, infield grounders to first. Um, I think the the pitch clock has benefited teams like the Rays. I mean, we saw the Diamondbacks uh, just take three of four from the Dodgers by outrunning them on the bases, by yeah. running laps around them. It's yeah. been interesting. Well, they're an athletic team, so you, you can't fault them for that. And I think that everybody thought, well, this the shift is going to really hurt the Rays. And I, I don't think that it's done that. In fact, yeah. maybe it's benefited them because other teams can't play to the shift. Uh, and they can use some of their athleticism to, to speed it out on the base paths. Um, but, yeah, the I mean, these game times are, like, blazing fast. They had one last night that went 2.06. That's crazy. the fastest game that they've had. I haven't checked the rest of Major League Baseball, but they're averaging two hours and 26 minutes a game. So if you're going to a race game, uh, yeah. get there early. You know, you may, make, you may spend more time in traffic to and from the TROP than you will actually watching the game inside the truck. I got to say, I'm loving this pitch clock, the effect on these games. Like, yeah, it's I think it's more action-packed. The games are going by faster. Uh, teams are having to adjust, and not just on the field, but uh, in their uh, concessions, too. I saw the Brewers are, you know, the tradition, the rule. It's not a rule, it's a policy in Major League Baseball. You stop selling alcohol in the seventh inning yeah well now because these games are going by so fast the brewers are and it's fitting as the brewers they're telling mlb hey we're gonna sell through the eighth because we're losing money on concessions here <laughs> exactly exactly yeah we're trying to keep the people in the seats as long as possible um all right so uh we had uh, uh an interesting masters and i think uh, you know look I, one of these guys that I'm okay with live guys. Okay, I know this was this is the talk of the town. That you're we're supposed to look at these guys as the bad boys, as the as the renegades, the, the defectors, ones, the defectors. Yeah. You know, and um, and I'm not really interested in getting into the political discussion over the morality of playing for a Saudi-backed you know like league. I mean, I think that there's there's plenty of examples where maybe the PGA Tour uh, needs to can be concerned with other things in, in their own ranks, right? Sure. I mean, in terms of sponsors. Uh, but, you know, I think it adds so many more storylines to the Masters. And, you know, you had 18 guys that came in, 12 made the cut. You had three that finished in the top five. Uh, you know, Phil Mickelson out there with stubble and everything. I mean, he's, just, he's he out He was there. old Phil. He was yeah. hitting bombs. Yeah, but he was the, let's see, he was the uh, oldest uh, player in the history of the Masters to finish in the top five. Yeah. Um, and what he did on Sunday to throw a 65 out there, I mean, it was pretty cool. Which I, is the lowest score by a player over 50, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that, uh, you know, seeing Phil play, that was, uh, you know, play well, that was nice. Uh, Brooks Kapka gave it a run, fell apart in the last day. But, uh, you know, John Rahm, he's steady as she goes. And He's obviously very good, but I think that the, they had a better showing for, for live players than a lot of people anticipated. And I don't think P, uh, we talked about this last week. The PGA Tour, they, you know, obviously they don't want that. No, I'm not sure the CBS wanted that either. I, I know for a fact the Augusta National didn't want it. And did you notice in watching the Masters how little they talked about it? Like there was, there was, 
And I know Augusta National has this reputation for tightly controlling the coverage through CBS on Saturday and Sunday and ESPN on, on the Thursday and Friday. And, you know, I'm confident there was a reason that none of the announcers got into this. Did you hear any mention of the, the I tension? mean, there's the there's the, the well-circulated quote at this point from uh, Jim Nance where he uh, referenced um, the CW. The CW but that's on it. The, on Be- the crosswalk. Beyond that. And did you also notice, you know how Phil has had, lefties had, He's been beloved for, you know, his whole career. Loved and he's, hated. He's, some people love to hate him. And he's kind of yeah. stepped on himself these last years with some of the, the comments he's made. But it, I, it struck me that when he was walking up to the 18th, um, he's, you know, in contention. I think at that time he was well, leading. He was in the clubhouse. He was, yeah. yeah, he's walking up to the 18th, and there was applause for him, but it wasn't near what you would expect him to get and you you have to wonder if you know there was kind of a message from cbs and augusta national like hey we're not gonna go nuts and and celebrate this guy who has brought controversy (laughs) and the first person to have said that and i didn't really notice in terms of coverage like not showing as many fill shots I, i didn't really notice that um that would be crazy if it was that calculate a move but here's the thing like when the if if that is actually what's going on behind the scenes and and even like the pga tours response to live and how everybody's trying to vilify these guys and make them out to be you know all this is all blood money like i i don't know i part of me likes the the thumb in the eye that that the live is to the pga tour uh they have monopolized the space they have now, because they've created this, you know, secondary market. They've forced the issue on the PGA Tour in terms of uh, prize money, bigger and, purses, and all, yeah. all that. But, but also, you know, a lot of these guys talk about the independence as freelance players. What Live provides that for them. Now yeah. they have to obviously. It's only going to fit a certain amount of guys because if you're young and you're an up and comer and you're wanting to play in the championship, you know, in, in any of the majors, like without world golf rankings like you're not going to be able to do that so the pga is so still your just, path for so that yeah, yeah. For, for a lot of these guys it is it is about the money but i mean give me a break i mean all these guys are wearing sponsors head to toe like they're playing for money as well uh not simply the love of the game i know i've heard some guys say oh look if i was playing for free i'd play you know it's like come on uh i, I just think that like they've when you respond the way you do as the pga tour it makes like their response to to live is so like lacking any confidence in what you have and what you provide and that it's it makes me go the other way you know right. it makes me kind of root for the live guys to do well yeah. so i and maybe it's just the the the, re, the rebel in me i like the the thumb in the eye like i'm gonna tra- challenge the establishment um and look, they're not going to – And at the end of the day, I, I know that the that money, you know, that pool of money that they're drawing from, it could last them forever without any TV ratings. I, I fully get that. But, you know, I, I highly doubt that it's ever going to truly challenge the PGA Tour or topple it. Or, no, and I don't think that's the goal anyway. I no. don't think it's to bring the PGA Tour down. I think it's to, to rise all boats. I feel like, and I don't want to protract this too long, edit this out later if you need to, but if you watch the Netflix series Full Swing, I have not. it's a great series, and it gets it follows last year's um, some of the majors, but it follows some individual players too, and it made me see this live thing through a different lens. And I think it was episode three, which kind of focused on Ian Poulter. You know, guy's 46, on the back end of his career, has made a lot of money on the PGA Tour, European Tour, but he has, a, he has an extended family, 
and you see that in in this series them sitting around the table having dinner and he's just trying to so he's gone to live he, he's gone yep. to live yep. he's just trying to provide you know all of us would want to give the best future the best life we could to not only our kids but our parents everyone else we're supporting and this was an opportunity for him to do that um, by by joining live and Dustin Johnson also put it very well in one of the episodes he said you know I'm being offered to work less for more money and who out there among you wouldn't do that and when i'm working less that means more time with my family i'm not on tour all the time so to me it just it just kind of helped me see what this is about to these players right and and i think that if if this is simply about holding up the integrity of the pga tour i'm not about it i'm not i don't care about that like i I want competition i think that's going to bring about the best product I don't. I really, frankly, don't care how much money they make on either tour. That doesn't matter to me. But I think that when you are sitting there and acting as if, like, you're the, we made you. We're the PGA Tour. You know, that's where I just, mm, I, I, you know, I would be happy with the USFL or the XFL coming in to challenge the NFL. Are they going to be able to take them down? No, they're not going to do that. But if if players have an opportunity to go make more money, if if those leagues ever offered more money to players. And, you know, there's other benefits. I'm all for it. Yeah. Go do what is best for you, what you think is best for you. You know, and uh, I just this I think we've put all this bad intention on these players that have defected, so to speak, that uh, it's uh, to me, it's just soured the whole discussion. It's made it about something that I don't think it really ever was intended to be. Yeah. Um, uh, that being said, um, Tiger Woods. Oh, boy. I don't know, man. I, I think that, uh, you know, he leaves with the plantar fasciitis. Uh, I, I know you probably heard the story about how the, he withdrew for the PGA because he had screws that were yeah. poking out of his leg. I mean, it, it's it's sad, and it makes you wonder, like, does does he need to maybe think about not playing anymore? I mean, if, he, if he's only going to play in four events, and now he's through, he got through, you know, two, kind of. Yeah. You know, can he actually rally? Is, is his body physically able to get through, you know, a 72-hole round? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. It's sad. And so I just – I'm a, I'm a Tiger fan, and I, I kind of don't want to see him, like, try to totter out there and fight his body. You right. Know? No but, one wants to see, you know, Joe Namath with a shredded knee limping around for the Rams. Like, right? right? Yeah, that's not how you want to see it in. But I think in this situation, you trust Tiger to know what what he's capable of doing, what his body can withstand. Although it, you know, clearly, but let can but can you trust him to know that? I mean, I think you can. There, I mean, I've, there's never been a player. I mean, I obviously he had that you know awful car accident, but outside of even that, I mean, he has had so many surgeries and operations over the years. Oh, his back, his everything. Everything. Everything's been reconstructed, and it's this guy's like bionic man out there. I don't know. I don't know how much he really has a handle on what his body should be going through, you know, to be perfectly honest. But Well, I hope hope he's able to keep doing the three or four events a year that that he can do and and give us some, you know, might be a little more magic left in there. It's going to draw eyeballs. I mean, and if there's two things that are going to lure in viewers, it's going to be Tiger Woods 
and then maybe potentially a rivalry with these live golfers. You yeah, know? the these, livers. Yeah, 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 bring on the livers. Um, all right, so I, I noticed that we have two bananas sitting on the table, and I was curious as to what that what that might be about. Do you care to explain? Well, I thought this was the week we were interviewing the Savannah Bananas, but you told me it's not. No, so um, no. but, uh, I feel like, too, we should address our friend Will Levis, who okay. has uh, proven himself to be quite the weirdo uh the, the kentucky quarterback <laughs> yeah the kentucky quarterback and you know he's coming in uh, to tampa bay for a visit here i think next week okay maybe i should retract my weirdo comment yeah. a guy who does things differently uh no what you know he's some of his quirks have been publicized with the nfl draft coming up one of them is he puts mayonnaise in his coffee that's a little odd how do you um how do you take yours uh i mean only miracle whip <laughs> yeah, I'm a miracle whip guy. No Hellman's for you. No, no. Keep that Dukes away from me. Uh, I, I think that's disgusting. I think Manny's is, you know, shouldn't even be a, a condiment, oh, first okay. of all. So you're just anti Right. Anti -mayo. No, if I like mayo, then maybe that's something I would try. When I said anti mayo, it sounded like Manti Teo. It did. <laughs> Which made me think of <laughs> other things. But, yeah, if I like mayonnaise, I might try putting in my coffee. But, no. I, but uh, you, do you like mayonnaise. So I mean, I know, I know some people put, like, butter in their coffee. I've heard of that. Um, I would ne I'd like sweet stuff in yeah. my coffee, right? So, no, I would never try. I, lo I love mayonnaise on actual sandwiches and burgers and things. That things you might normally yeah. find it on. In I'll, even, I'll even dip some fries in some Oh, mayo. that's gross. I'm down with that. Oh, but, that's, uh, that's disgusting. Not, Do you mix the mayo and the ketchup sometimes? Sure. Oh, no. Yeah, mm. absolutely. What, what do you think some of the best concoctions are? I mean, do you like Chick-fil-A sauce? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Well, I think I'm pretty sure it's barbecue and honey mustard, which is great. Great idea. Okay. Don't put mayonnaise in there. though. Now there was that old burger place um, that was located up in Oregon that we went to. It's probably not around anymore. It's called Bob's. Oh and, yeah. Bob's and Bob's had the best burgers and because their secret sauce and they called it the secret sauce, it was mayonnaise, ketchup and relish. And they would mix oh. that su stuff together and put it on the burger. And it was dynamite. There's a baby. reason Bob is out yeah, of business Bob. now. <laughs> that was disgusting. Never happened to old Bob. All right. So, well, all right, so, so, now so, so Will Levis eats, or I don't know if he does this every time he has a banana. Nature's fruit. Um, well, I guess all fruits from nature. But I don't, true. I don't know if he does this every time he has a banana. But he has uh, eaten. Uh, there's a video of this. Him eating bananas with with the peel don't on. bother sometimes you're in a hurry even the that you, stem part that you don't have like time hard to I, i'm not sure what he did with that you're gonna pass that um it's <laughs> a lot of your rough a lot of roughage yeah. in the diet but yeah just taking the you know who has time sometimes you're in a hurry you so don't you are gonna show me how it's done then no no you're going to you are also going to show us how it's done okay for, before i get to eating this thing and i really don't want to do it but i guess we just we got to get rid of yeah, we haven't eaten the, on we haven't eaten on air in right, two two take, weeks so take the stem off. all right the stem Here's off. the thing. I uh, I know a lot of people have said about this, um, you know, is he too weird to now draft? Is this going to hurt his draft stock? I don't know how real people are about that. I like my athletes a little bit weird. Yeah. I want them a little bit quirky. Not all, you know, not, not normal. They don't do the normal things, right? You right. look at some of, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Weirdo. Yeah. He's a little bit weird. Yeah. And he's a great quarterback. Yeah. Tom Brady was quite frankly a little weird. You know? It's still weird. A little, yeah. yeah. But uh, great quarterback. Yeah. So, Will yeah. Levis, he puts mayonnaise in his coffee and he eats bananas whole. That, you know. I would drop him down the draft board for the I mayonnaise might, thing. I but. might move up to take him just because he puts mayonnaise in his coffee. So, but there's a, right. there are some health benefits uh, to, you know, some 
<laughs> you can look at dubious sources online, but there are supposedly some health benefits to the peel as well. So I think that's part of it. So neither of us have tried this before. Okay. So I, let me right. let me go in first, right. and you can describe for our uh, audio audience oh uh, how this gosh. is going here. All right. So he's holding the peel, and he's going <laughs> side mouth. You're going molars to dig in. Oh, that was a tearaway. That sounded like Velcro when you ripped that off. What do you think? It tastes like a banana with a little leather on it. <laughs> it's so gross. Is it like, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to try it here in a second. It uh, tastes like a banana with some lettuce, you know, kind of. Yeah, a little lettuce. All yeah. right, here we go. Oh, gosh, this is so weird. I forgot to wash these two, by the way. <laughs> They've been, they been in my fruit bowl for <laughs> everybody, a week. Everybody at Publix has touched this banana. Yeah. Oh, boy. He's going in. He, he went straight full frontal with the banana in his gullet. Uh, he took a big plug. Took a big plug and he's processing it. He's thinking about. I mean, it's not that bad. No, honestly, it doesn't really affect the taste of the banana, does it? No, it doesn't. The banana comes through either way. Um, and you don't have this messy peel. Now to I need with. to know what the benefit is. The, why would someone do this? What are the health benefits? I mean, I know bananas have potassium, right? Yes. So that's like the big keep, keep us from cramping, right? Okay. Yeah. And then the benefit of the peel is that it uh, adds roughage to your diet. You know. Okay. Kind of goes through the system there. And Here, then, then here's the thing. To... I, you know, the thing about this fruit is that God made it to be peeled. I mean, look, look how it peels. It's perfect. Yeah. It peels in perfect little slices. It doesn't require any uh, muscle, any strength, any, uh, you know, it's just very obvious. He, he just, this is how God intended bananas to be eaten. So I feel like you're kind of this is blasphemy. going against This is a blasphemous yeah. banana. <laughs> well, <laughs> That I may be the one strike against Levis. I don't want to, um, to blasphem, that's for sure. All right. All right, let me take one more bite, and uh, yeah, you can go right. on. As, as you munch on your banana, I say we, um, mm. we go bananas over a little NFL. Let's bring in That's, our guest. What do you say? I may start eating watermelon this way. All right. You Just can eat that banana. Let me tackle. Chomping through the rind. Okay. Right. Well, he is a Super Bowl <laughs> champ, two-time pro bowler, NFL sack leader. Back in 2019, we welcome Bucks outside linebacker Shaq Barrett to the show. Shaq, how's the offseason going? How's how's time with the family? Uh, can't beat that. Can't beat time with the family. Uh, love this time. Love doing stuff with them. Uh, taking trips, vacations, and just being around and uh, just seeing the daily stuff, the daily life that I uh, have to miss out when I'm going to football every day during the day. I mean, you have, what, three young kids? So what what are the things that they're into that they, they have you looped into? So I do. I have a young daughter who's about to turn two this month now, so I have four now. Four. But uh, my oldest son had us busy with football this past, uh, like, winter football and now my my oldest son Shaquille Jr. and Braylon, he's uh in karate and soccer is about to start up this weekend. And then my daughter Leah, she's in gymnastics, she's in dance, and she's about to start up soccer as well. And my youngest daughter, she's just running around the house keeping us busy like that. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you have a lot of spare time. They're keeping you guys busy for sure. I, I recently saw a video of you guys uh, hitting up Legoland, trying out that new uh, Pirate River Quest. It seems like a pretty chill ride, but you seem more like a roller coaster dude. Is is that right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I like the chill ones after I'm, <laughs> my adrenaline rush is gone from all the roller coasters. But uh <clears throat> I used to be petrified of roller coasters, but now my kids do it, so I got a man up and do it now. Man, I, I think that Legoland should actually make a Shack Attack roller coaster where 
you're just high speeds coming off tight turns, and at the very end you collide with you know a, a giant quarterback. What, do you think that could be in the works? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how the high speed <laughs> and the collide going to work at the end, but uh, I mean, I'm all in favor. Anything, anything, Shaq, I'm in favor. Well, you know, they have roller coaster technicians that can be in charge of all all that kind of stuff. Um, all right, so let's get a little update. You know, you tore your Achilles back on week eight. How is the recovery process going for you right now? Oh, it's been it's been a real smooth recovery so far. I've been progressing uh, steadily. I haven't like reached a plateau stage. I haven't been feeling any pain at all since like the day after surgery. Like I haven't been in no pain. Just getting the strength back, getting the mobility back. It, it's, it's like if I was going to be hurt for the year and have an injury, I think this was probably one of the best ones to have because. Like, it's literally no pain, like no pain at all. So it makes me think I can go faster than I can go because <laughs> I don't feel anything. But we got a, enough time that I'm going to take it slow, slowly but surely, and just keep going at a steady pace. The Achilles uh, tear is like the, my greatest injury fear because I've heard so many stories of, of like people just snapping it as they're walking. They're not playing a football game. It just happens. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I'm curious, are the doctors telling you, like, is it kind of like a, you know, when pitchers come back from Tommy John, the way the, the surgery process is, it's this, the tendon stronger. Do, do they think the integrity of the, the Achilles is going to be stronger? Is it the same? Is it more susceptible? What have they told you? I was actually talking to with someone about that yesterday. They were saying the same thing. They're like, is it going to be like a pitcher coming back with that? I was like, literally had that conversation like yesterday. But uh, it will be stronger, and there's like a less percent chance of it. Uh, I think it's like a three percent chance or something like that of it retiring. So I'll take the odds, and uh, it, you could like clearly feel a difference as well. Like my right Achilles is still the normal size, which is thin. Then the one on my left got like double the size now. Oh wow! Okay, so do you th have you been able to test? The bur I mean, take it from a guy, I've had two uh, pretty extensive ankle surgeries, not the Achilles. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's only slowed my 40 time up by, I think, like two tenths. <laughs> I was running a nine flat before, now it's a nine two. So, you know, <laughs> but like, have you been able to test the, the burst, the get off a little bit? Oh, no, no, we've been taking it slow. We uh, know we got uh, some more months ahead of it. So we just started jogging and just taking it slow with the jogging right now. But we've been progressing from the underwater treadmill to the RTG doing like uh just some little jumping on it so we've been progressing we've been adding new stuff pretty much every week every two weeks but we got enough time that we don't feel like we have to rush anything and just go at a, a comfortable pace for everybody I mean you're a guy that's always kind of been a, been in a position where you've had to prove it coming out of Colorado State undrafted you signed as a free agent with the Bucks it was a one year deal then you get the franchise tag and then you have to earn a long term contract do you feel like this is just the latest step in kind of showing your determination I guess or being in put in a position where you got to show hey you can get back Uh yes sir I take it most definitely as uh like that it's just me uh another hurdle another obstacle I got to get over and it's like just my mindset, my mentality. I know I'm ready to bounce, but I know no injury going to take me. Like I've been reading a Mamba mentality, the Kobe book. Yeah. Saying no injury going to uh, take me out the game. I'm going out on my own terms. So I'm going to come back ready to go and uh, like hair on fire. I'm, I can't wait. I, I missed the game so much this past year. So I'm uh, excited to get back to it. Are you thinking by the start of camp you'll be ready? Do you think week one? I mean, what's what's the timeline? 
the absolute latest timeline is just still had me ready back uh, back uh, by week one. So even if I do go to latest possible, I should be still here, uh, ready to go for week one. What did that? What did this last year do from a perspective standpoint? Because you you have to sit back and, and watch the second half of the season play out. I mean, do you mm-hmm. do you learn? Do you take a certain like cerebral approach to the game that maybe you hadn't been able to do before? I mean, what what did that do to you? What do you think the lasting effect of last year is going to be? I think it's, it's going to help me become a, a better leader on the team, a more vocal leader because I'm a lead by example guy. But it is times when you have to uh, be more vocal and like just talk to each other and just help everybody be on the same page and let like just let everybody know that this is good, this is great, this is not good, this is not the team we want to be. And I was able to see it from that perspective, like just watching as a fan, saying like, oh, yeah, we good with this, we good with that, but this could use a little more work. And I was able to see that because I do know how we get down in practice, do know how we engage in practice with each other. and We do hold each other accountable, but it's a way, like it's a better way or a different way we could go about uh, holding each other accountable. And I think I'm going to try to be better at that this year few changes on the defensive side of the ball, but the biggest one, of course, is coming on the offensive side and the change of quarterback. Uh, Do you know Baker Mayfield? What do you think about his game and what he's going to bring to this team? So I always liked Baker Mayfield. Like when he was in Cleveland, I didn't even know why he left Cleveland, honestly. Like he came off like an injury year, and I guess they lost faith in him. So I I liked him over there. Then after that, he never really got like a fair, like shit to get down the systems and – get comfortable in a scheme and stuff. So I'm glad that we're going to have him from the beginning of the year, all season, so he's going to have time to put the work in. Kyle is uh, going to have time to put the work in as well, and then they're just going to bring the best out of each other. I'm, I'm excited to see who's going to step up, win a battle, and uh, earn that spot because I, I'm going to have ultimate faith in both of them guys already. Uh, like I said, I already like Baker from before, and Kyle been showing so much in uh, practices. And what well, I think, what, second year, third year for Kyle? Third. So, yeah, so he, he's been showing a lot so far. So it's going to be an interesting competition, and I, I know uh, they're going to push each other to the limits, and have whoever you, wins, it's going to be a great team regardless. Have you ever sacked Baker? Hmm. <laughs> you don't have a hit list? For the Panthers? Well, I mean, maybe the Panthers. Did you play against him with the Browns? Maybe even when you were in Denver? I'm trying to. I do not recall sacking Baker. No, I don't recall that. I don't. Do you? Are, I probably did get him in Denver. Though. I think I probably got him in Denver. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, you can kind of tag him kind of hard during practices. You know, you don't have to bring him down at the ground, but so you can well, make well, up. Well, I don't touch no quarterback. If you touch a quarterback, you're up out of here. They're important. I know. I know how it is. Uh, so, do you have a, a favorite quarterback that you've sacked over the years? Somebody that you just it feels a little bit more gratifying to hit that quarterback. I like uh, the real elusive quarterbacks, like uh, oh oh uh, Patrick Mahomes too, because he's just like right now he's the top of the uh, cream of the crop. Right now he's at the top of the quarterback uh, train. Like I think he's the number one quarterback in the league right now. So getting him always feels good. Then like Lamar, Kyle Lamar, like Jalen Hurts, all the quarterbacks who was good at being elusive, and uh, I miss them. They they good at being elusive. I missed them a couple times too. Like probably all of them a couple times, but. <laughs> When you get them, it's so gratifying because they are such athletes and that sudden change, that sudden movement that they do, it's hard to bring them down. So when you get them, it's real rewarding. All right. So the statues in the in the pocket, I mean, it feels good, right? It's a sack. It still goes in the tally column, but 
not quite as good as when you you're able to finally hunt down one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, yes sir, yes sir. And this is like a like a I'm not now because they ain't in the league, but like a Tom Brady, Peyton Man, and like that's the quarterbacks who are at the top. Sure. Like you just always want to get them guys, Iron Rodgers. Because it throws off that game a little bit, too, when the guy worry about that pressure. No doubt. All right, so has has the downtime, have you been able to think through maybe like a, a new sack dance? Have you tried to incorporate anything? Do you do you go there in the offseason? No, no, that's all like week of the game thoughts. Like <laughs> if I think about something, I should do this this game. Then I do it that week or try to figure it out for that week. Wow. You're, but you're, I haven't like no. You're an ad-libber. Just kind of on <laughs> yeah, the spot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, very good. We, we look forward to many of those uh, sacks and the celebratory dance to soon follow uh, as you get ready to, to make your big return here in 2023. Shaq Barrett, we appreciate your time on the No Off Days podcast. Uh, yes, sir. I appreciate y'all having me. I have a good rest of y'all day. Shaq Barrett, getting ready for a big season, and we hope that uh, full steam ahead for him because uh, they're going to need it. Yeah. Uh, they needed some help you know, from the outside linebacker position in terms of rushing the quarterback this last year. They certainly could have used Shaq Barrett. I mean, Anthony Nelson, I thought, did a great job of you know, kind of filling in, and, and he got a contract out of it himself. So, mm-hmm. uh, But when Shaq is clicking, man, that defense is something. It, it's, it's a different animal. All I right. think it's huge, too, getting Levante David. I'm sure you talked with Shaq about this. I'll listen to your interview later. Uh, but I'm, that helps a lot. You know, Devin White plays his best with Levante in there. Yeah. Now the question is, does Devin White want to play with Shaq Barrett? Uh, <laughs> let's bring in BK from the booth. Um, all right. Did, did you enjoy the Shaq Barrett interview? Oh, I did enjoy the Shaq Barrett interview. Yeah. Good did, guy. Are, is, are you a big roller coaster guy, BK? Uh, with two young daughters, I was. Now that they were older. So no. they, like, encouraged Dad to get mm-hmm. on the big. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shamed yeah. you. Shamed you into nice. it. Had to. Yeah. Had to. I've been there. Wow. I'm in the other category. I'm trying to you get You shame your kids. kids into it. Yeah. Come on. Let's <laughs> yeah. do it. Let's go, you wimps. All right. What, what do we got? Hey, we got some movie titles here. Movies. There's a, what was that movie? Lost in Translation or something? Yeah, yes. don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a huge movie guy, so you may have to carry me on this. Here. Okay. But uh, there's some movies here, American movies, when we ship them overseas, they have to translate the title either for, you know, because words don't really translate to that language or just some nations like to better target these movies to, you know, their people. Say, hey, this may be more suitable if you use this title. Right. So I thought we'd run out some titles and kind of see what they were translated to in different countries. What do you think? I think it's okay. Well, should should be that fun. That banana peel I ate earlier is not sitting very well. Yeah, oh it's boy. starting so to move better, through the system. Better move, yeah. better move fast. Right. <laughs> let's let's start with the uh, Thelma and Louise. We know that movie, right? Everybody knows that movie. Yeah, good Gina Davis. Yeah. All I know around. about that is they drove off a cliff at the end. That's all I got. Well, well there you go. <laughs> in Mexico, they decided to change the title. I don't know why Thelma and Louise didn't work in Mexico. The Mexican uh-huh. title for Thelma Louise, an unexpected <laughs> ending. That, like, gives away exactly. the whole movie. Exactly, right? <laughs> Definitely not a car driving off a cliff. Uh, no. That's the name of our I, movie. I love it. it you know, they, they should, I'm sure if they did this with uh, <laughs> Ghost, it would be called I See Dead People, right? There's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them that are quite like this. The, let's go to the next one. Is well, the, the f- other movie title they had for Thelma Louise was Really Boring Beginning and Middle. Yeah, there but, you go. <laughs> but it has an unexpected end. And has Brad Pitt. All right, Full Monty. Full Monty. This movie shipped over to China. Never saw it. I, I never saw it, too. Now, China may have different motivations. They translated <laughs> this movie to Six Naked Pigs. 
<laughs> uh, pigs would be the the gentlemen that are in this movie. I guess so. Okay. I, I don't even know what it's about. But I don't either. I kind of know what the full Monty is. Um, all right. All right. How Wait. About uh, I think I know. Is pigs a, na- a name for something else? I I don't know in China. I'm not okay. sure. Um, all right. But you know, maybe they they didn't like that these guys were. You I know, like the American. Second, I do like the second title. I'm gonna go second title. Okay. Yeah. It, it could. Yeah. How about the water boy? Oh man. Well, what? <sighs> tell me the country. Thailand. Thailand. Water boy. Um, this okay. is my favorite of this whole group. Oh. <laughs> uh, beautiful mind. Uh, Close. I don't know. Dimwit surges forth. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like the sequel. Yeah, and, and some of these, yeah. they translate from their language to this, so the words really don't mix up. But France, they're the one country that will sit there and actually change the title to an English title. So like the movie The Hangover. What do you think France changed that title to? Wow. Uh, raging Headache. I don't know. Uh, uh, many Regrets. Eh, close. Wolfpack. It is translated to Very Bad Trip. Okay. It's not as good. It's, it's, it's not, not. It's no. not as good because it was a good trip. It just had a hangover. Now, do we it. do that with other countries? Like, I are don't we know. getting foreign films in here that we change? It doesn't seem like it. What was well, the one probably, that won? I mean, if it's not like in, like if we get in a movie from France, like we're not probably calling it in a French name, are we? Um, what was the I, Italian I think, one for uh, Beautiful? Was it. Uh, was it a beautiful mind? No, um, that was the Italian movie. What was the Italian movie? The guy that, that jumped up on the stairs. When oh, he won. right. Yeah, uh, I've no, I'm the worst at. Actually, you're the worst at movies. I'm yes, the second worst, yeah. and Brian's the third worst. I so. am. <laughs> no, I think we keep the titles. What was the one from uh, South Korea that won all the Academy Awards a couple years ago? Where is our cinephile in uh, here? It uh, help me out. Yeah. You know, it was kind of a creepy, dark. Uh, the uh, water was that the the, the water uh, alien? Uh, no, okay. the shape of water. The no, shape of water. no, this was it was a it was a thriller. Anyway, we kept the title as the Chris. Help us. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is the fourth worst. Uh, this is Dimwit surges forth. Would be that's gonna be the name of my fantasy football. <laughs> that's team what we're gonna rename our year. podcast too. All How right. about uh, Cocaine Bear? That's a recent one. Okay. Uh, this is right. that people in other countries want to see this? Wouldn't I well. want to say they called it Hibernation. Oh, oh I like very that. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Well, this is France, so they changed it to Crazy Bear. Crazy Bear. Okay. That, uh, that was, uh, that's a song, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't guess they took the cocaine part out or whatever. Pulling off the rails on, on a crazy bear. bear. <laughs> and hey, finally, ra- rails? Okay. Fi- I'm sorry. <laughs> finally, right. Titanic. Uh, big ship fall hard. Which, Very close. <laughs> which country? This is all France. France, the, they were the they were the worst. Well, let's base it on, on you know, so far the titles are very basic, but it you know it points back to some point in the storyline, right? So uh, iceberg straight ahead. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> iceberg bad. Very, very bad, bad boat. boat. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't have the same magic to it. It I doesn't. Know. Yeah. Very bad boat, and we didn't. It kind of also gives away the ending, even though we know the history of the Titanic, right? Right. <laughs> this is a very bad boat. Who didn't know the Who didn't know the ending to that story? I, I thought it was. <laughs> oh, this is great. What's it about? <laughs> I thought it was fiction. Oh, I love that big boats. Yeah. Have they found the? Right. Which one of these is a bad boat, though? Have they found. Don't the, get on the bad one. 
Okay. <laughs> it has no live drafts. And there's an old lady clinging to her oh diamonds on it. Oh, those are bad titles. All right, yeah. do we have any more? Is That's that it? it. Okay. Very I've got good. one for you. Actually, it's not. But don't the minions eat their bananas without the peel? Oh, do I they? believe they do. Okay. They just wolf them down. But we were talking about Will Levis's banana love and why does he eat the peel? Well, bananas are packed with a lot of antioxidants that fight cancer-causing free radicals. Oh, wow. If you believe WebMD, which I do. Well, then, yeah. That, I canceled my, my health plan, actually, just because of WebMD. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that, too. You're fighting uh, cancer. All right. Well, everybody go out there and get you a peel. Meanwhile, these two dimwits uh, surge forth. Uh, and um, BK, we appreciate it. Uh, thanks for... Um, a little bit of levity, a little bit, a little bit of Will Levesty. It was a levesty um, and not a tragedy. Good. All right, uh, big thanks to uh, the guest of our show today, Shaquille Barrett. Uh, much thanks to Chris BK, our production crew here at Nodpod headquarters, and that'll do it. All right, so everybody, grab you a banana peel, dig in, and live to be 175 years old. I and think that's I, the. I want you to stretch those hamstrings, please, All before right. you step out of that chair. Okay, thank you, Naked Pig. All right, <laughs> until the next time we are on, there are no off days. Mmm, so good.